Hello, my name is Jillian. My name is Yolanda, and welcome to The Pemberley Podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Pemberley Podcast. We didn't acknowledge it on social media, but as we all know, Jane Austen is dead. (gasps) What? (laughs) (laughs) What? Yolanda? Breaking news, breaking news. Yeah, breaking news on The Pemberley Podcast. Just kidding. Jane Austen passed away on July 18th, 1817. So we're not posting this live. We're in the ballpark of time. Yeah. I'm sorry, we were busy that day. 200 years ago. 200 years ago. We missed it by like a a couple weeks. It's fine. And 200 years, but (laughs) it's fine. Yeah. Um, So we wanted to talk a little bit about Jane Austen's mysterious death. Dun, dun, dun. Very looming. We've got some very hot topics going on in the Lizzie Bennet Diaries. Why not acknowledge it? What's very interesting is there's no actual confirmation about how Jane Austen died. I'm currently on the Jane Austen Society of North America.org's website, and it says uh, Austen died in the early hours of July 18th, 1817, and a few days later was buried in Winchester Cathedral. She was 41 years old. And this is also true. Interestingly, her gravestone, which is visited by hundreds of admirers every year, does not even mention that she was an author. I've so I've, I've briefly mentioned this on the show. Mm-hmm. My sophomore year of college, I took it because I was an English major. So I took an English class called Jane Austen in Context, where basically we studied the works of Jane Austen. It was during my spring semester. And the first part of the semester, we studied, like, we studied a lot of literature at the time of Jane Austen. Yeah. And then we read her works. And then spring break, we went to England. And we basically went on a Jane Austen tour of England. And it was a ton of fun. And one of our stops was uh, Winchester Cathedral. And so I have been here. I will post pictures to the website and i will post them and it's a lovely church actually you find when you when you visit these european chapels usually when you've seen one you've seen them all but mm-hmm. this was like very light and bright and pretty and like marbly it doesn't say anything about her it said she was a good daughter. i mean she was no one's wife and she was no one's mother so she was just sort of credited as uh, a a woman no <laughs> a woman not even Jane Austen, that's not a real woman. thing no she was credited as like a good daughter and a good christian and hmm. she's got like this uh, grave on the floor, and then there's also a very lovely sort of gilded design. I think she actually got in. Her father was a reverend, and so okay. uh, he was a clergyman, and so she kind of got in to a nice situation because he was good with the sure. church because he was the church. <laughs> so uh, it was very interesting. But the thing is, we don't really know how Jane Austen died. There have been. Some people suspect, because she died when she was 41, and she was ill. It was young, and she was ill for a couple of months. I mean, back then, you people just kind of died. And yeah. it's sad. It sucks. People think it could have been cancer. It could have been Addison's disease. But I did mm. find this town and country article. It says, new evidence suggests that Jane Austen was poisoned to death. <gasps> Not like, uh, that's kind of a clickbait article, because you're like, who was trying to kill Jane Austen? <laughs> well, oh my gosh, what if it was like a rival author? That's, <gasps> like, if someone was just like, women can't write, and then like... Let's put an end to her. Exactly. That's a whole... That's its own other thing. Let's write that screenplay. Okay. But no, actually... Um, <laughs> the mysterious death of Jane Austen. It, it was part of the whole people just died. Basically, they sure. said she could have been poisoned by arsenic because uh-huh. it was just in things, like oh. medication that you took or stuff that you... And so they... I guess it's interesting. They like tested these eyeglasses that she wore and they found like hints of arsenic. 
Basically, apparently she had cataracts, and so we've learned that like arsenic poisoning Gosh. can cause cataracts. So she she was in a bad way. She was like working on sand attendant. She's like, dude, I can't do this. See, that's the thing when people are like, I want to live in those times, <laughs> or I want to travel back in time. Like, modern medicine is wonderful, <laughs> and like just the convenience of technology today is great. I couldn't because like you know people are gonna look back on this time in like fifty, a hundred years and be like, how did they live? Like how? But they were monsters. <laughs> like, and you know what else is interesting? We don't actually technically know what Jane Austen looked like either. I bring this up because in addition to people just dying, I suspect they were also just ugly. Well, not ugly. People didn't know they were ugly because, like, today we have all kinds of... Like, I think about it. I would be, like, the hunchback of Notre Dame if it weren't for everything that we have nowadays. Uh, I mean, we didn't know what she looked like. There was, like, some drawings that we suspect are probably her. But that, like, relatives drew, but, like, there's no confirmation. People wanted to know, if 100 years from now, or 200 years after my death, people want to know what I look like, they just go to my Facebook page, and there you go. That's, that's a, what a I look carefully like. carefully curated yeah. uh, gallery of images that yeah. you're like, I look good in this, yes. and that's how you will see me. <laughs> my best images with my good side in good lighting. There you go. Um, no, but think about it. People didn't, like, take regular baths. What would I have done without acne wash? Nothing. <laughs> There's this great book that I had to read my freshman year of college called 20 Ads That Shook the World. I recommend it to anyone, but basically it was talked about how there are some modern things that we do that we never did, but some yeah. marketing company created a problem Decide, and yeah. then sold you the solution, one of which was bad breath. No one noticed you had bad breath because everyone just stunk all the time. And because everyone stunk, nobody stunk. And so they right. were like... You don't want to be that, like, that, like, girls, like, no guy is going to be into you if you have bad breath. You know that, right? And everyone's like, oh, my gosh, I guess I got to kill my bad breath. And so they, like, came up with some kind of scientific name for bad breath as, like, a disease. They could sell you the cure. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah, Probably. Halitosis. Yeah. And then Listerine. He's a real dude. Mr. Listerine. Bitch. I don't know. It's like uh, shaving your legs. Like yeah. razors. It's uh, all a scheme. Yeah. It's it was corporate like, America. Well, it was like they associated for women hair on your legs as dirty mm-hmm. and improper. So they're like, you need to get rid of that. You're not a lady if like you have yeah. hair on your legs. So then like shaving and like all of that kind of came into play for women. Yeah. Yeah. It's always like, what can we make a problem out of nothing yeah. <laughs> and sell it back to people? Gee, that's like horrible. bottled water. <laughs> <laughs> or spray can air. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's air. No, but I mean, it's different. But yeah, yeah. okay, Joseph Lister, I just Googled him. The first Baron Lister, a pioneer of antiseptic surgery. So he was like actually like a medical dude. Sure. But then he's like, ooh, minty. And it gets rid of your back. It's like breath. when you go to the beach yeah. and there's those gift shops that have like jars of sand. <laughs> and you're like, it, but they decorate it all nice. So mm-hmm. you're like, this looks nice. And so, I'm going to buy it. And like, I can't get it anywhere else. Just kidding. You could have made it yourself. Yeah. I always take rocks and then I forget which beach I took the rocks yeah, from. So I just have this state. random collection of rocks and I don't know where it's from. Oh, speaking of Pride and Prejudice, the Lizzie Bennet Diaries. Did you see the segue that I did there? It was, was that not smooth? Very smooth. In Lizzie Bennet's world, it's Thanksgiving. Yes, with episode 65, Turkey Days, written by Margaret Dunlap. So we presume that Caroline has left because she's can't she couldn't get any information out of Lizzie, so she's gone. No reason to waste time at Collins and Collins. Yeah. Lizzie is just counting down the days to Thanksgiving when her and Charlotte can head back home. 
She does acknowledge that she has some new viewers. Even though she's acknowledged Darcy before, she acknowledges him again. And she isn't sure if he's even still watching at this point. Because it's a thing where he could have completely caught up to all of her videos and then was like, you know what? That's all I needed to watch. And then just stop watching. Yep. Right. And so this is actually a pretty Ricky Collins heavy episode. Yeah. And actually before that, what I thought was funny was that she does acknowledge Bing and it says that line of like, has anyone told him about these videos? (laughs) Does he still think I'm talking to Charlotte via videos? Poor guy. Like no one's still, everyone, literally everyone knows now. Who are we? The Green Brothers? Uh, Just kidding. Hi, Hank. You don't watch, you don't listen to the podcast. That's okay. (laughs) We can, maybe one day. Maybe. I'm not, my hopes aren't that high, no. but that's okay. I think he likes knowing that we exist. Yeah, that's enough. And he's like, I did my part. I was on their podcast. He, he liked our tweet a month ago. That was pretty exciting. <laughs> I was hoping he'd retweet it because then we get a lot yeah. more attention. He's over that. I know. He doesn't care. I'm he sure he was exhausted. As I was saying, very Ricky Collins heavy episode. Yeah. And uh, we learn a bit more about just how clueless he is. About the industry he works. Basically, he comes in, he knocks. Miss Bennett. Mr. Collins, you knocked. Indeed. May I enter? There's a story here that I want to hear the rest of. She was like, why did you knock? And he was like, well, I was visiting my fiance, my fiance in Winnipeg, Manitoba, and she left the room and I thought of something to say to her. So I followed her in and then she's, and then Lizzie's like, no, that's okay. I don't need to hear anymore, but I need to hear more. What did he see her doing? Or did she just yell at him? Like, you can't do that to people. You can't just surprise them. No. And walk into a room unannounced. Nope. I mean, he kind of announces himself in his own way, but not, he doesn't wait. But anyway, he's learning. He's learning. He's being trained. He's learned to knock and to wait before entering, which is not a thing people do on this show. (laughs) No. And you know what? Actually, it kind of reminds me. Jeff Foxworthy. I haven't seen this in years, but Jeff Foxworthy, the stand-up comedian, has a really funny bit about, he's like, guys, if you have a wife, daughter, mother, sister, anything, you are being trained. He talks (laughs) about how, like, women, like, secretly try and train men. Sure. And it's, I mean, it's a very funny bit. I'll I'll try and find it and I'll post it on because I'm not going to do the whole joke because then I'll just do all the jokes. (laughs) You know how I get... In very subtle ways. Yeah, we do that. <laughs> yeah, we, well, sometimes they just do stuff wrong. Like in Colin's case, he enters rooms without asking for permission. And she's like, uh, no. And we, again, we get into just how little Collins knows about this the company internet. he's running. Yeah. You know, just the, the internet. How does, how is he running this company, really? Because, because he yeah. has no idea how this industry works. He has no idea how YouTube works. And he's just backed by a lot of money. I don't know how he got this investment, really. I mean, here's what's interesting, because basically he's saying, okay, we need to upload the video and Charlotte needs to stay in the office to make sure everything goes well. And Lizzie's like, what are you talking? Like, like, there's such a disconnect. She's like, what are you talking about? What could go wrong? And he's like, I don't know. Stuff just goes wrong. And Lizzie's like, you ever uploaded a video to the internet? And he's like, well, Mr. Berg thinks it is important for upper level management to remain focused on the company's larger goals and objectives. This idiot doesn't know how to upload a video to YouTube. And he runs an internet company. And this is male privilege 
at its finest. Can you imagine, like, undercover boss with a Collins and Collins? And oh it's just, gosh. like, between Charlotte and Collins. And he's just, like, wearing a funny hat. And he's like, oh, I am a new employee. Teach me this YouTube. And he's like, this is what you do? <laughs> like, you'd be surprised. You'd be shocked. He, at, like, how easy and difficult certain things are. Because yeah. he just, he doesn't know. He's like, this is a Charlotte problem. This is a freaking, like, a... Nowadays, two-year-olds can upload videos to the internet. Like, it's kind of sad that he doesn't... No, it's not kind of... It's really sad that he doesn't know how anything works. Does he know how social media works? Does he know... What did he talk about with people at VidCon? What what does he talk about and think about all day? Yeah, but it is a certain amount of privilege that he has to, like, not have to deal with that at all. And And he gets to leave early for Thanksgiving. Yeah, like, despite the fact that he's like, oh yeah, Charlotte needs to stay. It creates more work for Charlotte because Ricky can take off early for Thanksgiving and he can just say, I don't know what the point in my staying is. I don't know how this works. I don't know. I just feel like when you're at the top like that, you should be able to do every job at your level. And he can't even upload a video to YouTube. I'm outraged. He's punishing Charlotte for being such a hard worker and caring about her job. Yeah, and he expects her to stay through things. Thanksgiving, really. Yeah. But that's why she's she's already there on a Sunday trying yeah. to like get ahead on all the work she needs to do. Granted, he's there too. He also works hard. But but he's leaving the next yeah, day. He's leaving. That's he's, why he's there. He's stupid. What is he going to Canada for American Thanksgiving? That's dumb. Yeah. Well, no, he said he's going home. He's so going he's... home. When do you leave for Thanksgiving? Monday. Gotta beat the crowds, you know. <laughs> I'd be very resentful if I were Charlotte. Uh, which I was surprised at Lizzie because she doesn't show any like sort of resentment toward Colin. She's just very accepting of like, yeah, this is who I've been dealing with for months now. And I just have to deal with it a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. She's just very just laid back. Like, okay, Collins, you really don't get anything. I'm just gonna go about my life now. <laughs> But then, I think this is a good segue into the next episode, they come, they concoct a scheme to rectify the situation. Episode 66, Giving Thanks, written by Margaret Dunlap. So uh, it's the day before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. It's Wednesday. Yep. And Lizzie is feeling in a very grateful mood and thanks her audience for watching, for commenting, and just for being part of the Lizzie Bennet Diaries. That's nice of her. Yeah, it is nice. So you're welcome, Lizzie Bennett. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, sh- thank you for the videos. <laughs> Otherwise, we would have no podcast. Exactly. But she says, thanks, and great, we're ready to leave. And then Charlotte comes in, face falling, saying, I'm sorry, you should just leave without me. Mr. Berg didn't like the trailer, or the title even, so like, the, I've got to change the title on everything. The tagline, the yeah. The tagline, of, right. Uh, you win or you gourd. That was the tagline that Catherine de Berg liked. That's and stupid. <laughs> what, the tagline they had was like, uh, winter when, gourds is coming. Winter squash. Winter squash. That's right. Coming. Something squash. I don't know. Something like that. Something with vegetables. I've been watching the real Game of Thrones and oh. um, it's much better than whatever I'm sure this is. No offense. I know this is our show within a show. Yeah. But, but I don't get it. Yeah, but Lizzie is willing to help to get them both out of there as quickly as possible. They get all their work done, but... You know, instead of packing up all their things and just like doing the work and leaving, Lizzie's like, "No, I gotta finish recording my video." <laughs> but then when she gave, she's... which gave the opportunity for a gap of time for Collins or Catherine DeBerg to call Charlotte, and again, Charlotte is is dragged back into work. Well, here's what I kind of admire about Charlotte, because basically, I don't, well, honestly, I don't even know if that pause in time would have done anything, because yeah. Collins could still call, call Charlotte on the road and be like. 
this needs to be fixed. And then they'd have to turn around. Mm. But basically, he thinks the final trailer isn't as good as it could be. And Charlotte says, yeah, it's not as good as it could be. You win or you gourd. So she cares about the work and she cares yeah. about doing a good job and she's willing to stay and work even harder on it. Being the old, who works at this company that Charlotte's the only person who can do anything? She's like part intern, part partner, part like everything. She does all the, where, where the rubber hits the road is like, that's everything that Charlotte does. Yeah. As far as we know, Collins and Collins has two employees both are Charlotte, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because Ricky doesn't really do much of anything. No. He just kind of like barks orders and comes up with schemes that are maybe will work. <laughs> but yeah, Charlotte is committed to, you know, producing the best possible product and video they possibly can because this is their first big project. This is what their investor is going to see. This is what like their audience will see. So yeah, she wants to get it right and she's committed to that. You know, she... She didn't finish grad school for this. Yeah. So she's making the most of it. That's true. Well, but Lizzie steps up. She's a good friend. And she says, no, I'm going to get my best friend on vacation by blackmailing her boss. And I'm not going to tell her about it, which is lovely of her. Do mom and dad still have that video of my second grade play? Yeah, the one about healthy eating when Ricky Collins played the Wizard of Floss. Here's what you need to do. It's weird, though. I feel like what she has on Ricky shouldn't be considered real blackmail because she basically is like, hey, Lydia, second graders who mess up everything are adorable. They're not blackmail. But I think, you know, as an adult, as the CEO of a company, he wants to appear a certain way. He's he's past that. So having that video, especially on videos that he knows are very influential, he's like, no, 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 I can't have that out there. That's funny. Right. So she... Totally blackmails Collins and yeah. is like, hey, let us leave or I'm going to put this on the end of my video. You can't control me. I'm not your employee. I'm not your puppet. And it totally works because Charlotte comes in like, oh, my gosh, Ricky just said I could go. And that if Mr. Berg isn't happy, he'll deal with her himself. So actually, from Ricky's point of view, it's like Lydia is the one who's blackmailing him because he doesn't know that Lizzie... Concocted the scheme. (laughs) I guess that's true. I guess I didn't think about who, like, where the information came from. Because Lydia had sent who the link, you know? She just probably sent it directly to Ricky. Well, first of all, you've got to turn that home movie on a VHS. I know it's on a VHS because I know it was around then. Right. To your uh, computer and upload it. Like, how quickly did this... Maybe she just filmed it on her phone. I don't know. Maybe. Either that or, like, the Bennetts have a very organized system to their home videos. So they have it already uploaded and, like, ready for blackmail usage. Do you have any memorable plays that you were in as a youngster that you would be like, oh, if this got out, I'd be a little embarrassed? I feel like I wouldn't be embarrassed because I've just resigned to make myself the butt of jokes forever. Sure. (laughs) No, I think everything was adorable. Yeah, that's what I think. I'm like, all little kids, it doesn't matter what you do. It's all adorable. Yeah. Did you think of like uh, choir concerts of like, you know, your fifth grade class or fourth Mm -hmm. grade class choir that you did for Christmas. But yeah. Tell me if your element, did your elementary school did do the play Gold Dust or Bust? No. That was, I know that's something they did at my elementary school. I guess I didn't know if it was like district wide because we we were in the same school district. So, uh, but it it was basically because in fourth grade, we learned about California state history and the gold rush was a big part of it. And there was like mostly a musical show with some speaking roles. Mm. And that was my first and last starring role uh, ever. I felt very proud. Like it was someone named Becky. And I was like very pleased because I 
basically I like won some competition in the play. Nice. And I was like, the prizes sucked, but I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I won. And yeah, I did the accent. I did the <laughs> Mrs. Bennett accent in a bonnet and uh, people thought it was adorable. And Aww. an old man asked me to sign his, maybe he wasn't old, but I was young. So everyone was old. He, was like he asked me to sign <laughs> his program. And I was like, this, oh my God, this is it. I'm a star. I'm, I'm a star. I've made it. I've made it. Parents carry me to the car. I'm surprised Hollywood is banging on my door right now. I can only think I was in an eighth grade musical of Robin Hood. Ooh, who and, are you? Uh, I was a character they made up Ooh. <laughs> called Mother Meg. Maybe Mother she's Meg. real. I had like 30 lines in the entire thing. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really good. I, I still remember the amount of lines. So <laughs> if that got out, yeah, I might be a little embarrassed because, you know, Oh, eighth, eighth grade, grade. You're like you're, you're peak awkward. You're like so. fourteen or something, yeah. thirteen or fourteen. You're at your peak awkwardness. I think I was at peak awkward also. And I remember my. I mean, of all the school photos I've ever taken, yeah. eighth grade is my least favorite wow. by far. Because I remember it was even. I I never did this, but I was like, you know how they have makeup picture day. I wanted to oh, do that because yeah. I like hated my picture, so yeah, I had yeah. braces and I like had this like. I think they positioned my head weird. I just hate it. I, just, I like, don't even look like myself. Turn your head slightly to the right and shoulders back and put like, your head up and, and like, then turn your face yeah. this way. And, and you're like, okay, I this feels so uncomfortable. Yeah. And sometimes it's like, oh, actually the pictures are not great. And other times you're like, I clearly look uncomfortable. <laughs> I look at this. I look like I'm staring evilly at the camera and I have <laughs> braces. Oh, no. Like, this sucks. I, like, didn't get a chance. I think they, like... They were supposed to go to the classrooms one by one for makeup pictures, and they didn't come to my class, oh, so no. I didn't go, and I had to live with, oh well. I think everyone, I, I think having a bad photo of you as a child is good for your character. Yeah. <laughs> Builds character. That's the one thing, like, if we ever become famous, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. the thing that I hate that they do on talk shows is like, we found your, like, seventh grade yearbook photo, and they mm-hmm. show it to the screen in front of all of America, and you're like, no! <laughs> no, but I feel like it's like seeing that has given me hope because I'm oh, like, yeah. oh my gosh, you were ugly too. <laughs> and now you're like blossomed and successful. And yeah. that's what gives me hope. That's the only reason I'd be okay with that. Other than that, I'd be like, I should call my mom. Well, not now, but like, I'll be like, mom, if I ever get famous and like, whatever. Start erasing everything. <laughs> Ellen calls you like, we'd love to get a Jillian's eighth grade picture Tell them no. I don't care if Ellen herself gets on the phone. My mom would say yes to Ellen. But no. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone says yes to Ellen. Yes. So anyway, blackmail. 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 <laughs> you know, Thanksgiving, family, gratitude, blackmail. It's all in there. It's, it's all part there. of the mix. It's part of the holiday. Part of the mix. Besties get to leave together, hand in yeah. hand, going to Thanksgiving. And Charlotte's so happy. Yeah. She's like, yeah. That's great. So you're done? Just give me five minutes to get my stuff together. Meet you at the car. Love you, bestie. And I like that Lizzie didn't tell her what really happened because, yeah. like, it, like the credit is on Charlotte for like she was doing her best, and he, it, it's like he, like, no, she was been working too hard. I'm yeah, gonna cut her a break. Lizzie's not the kind of person who's like, guess what I just did. She's yeah. like, she'll see this video eventually, and then she'll know. But for now, we're happy. We're going home. Yay! So the next episode will be. Back at the Bennett household, which we haven't been at in a while. So it'll be exciting to see all the Bennetts together again. Yay! So jumping to the comment section now where we read original YouTube comments from when the episodes first aired. For episode 65, Waste High View says, I love how Lizzie has slowly changed over these videos. A few months ago, her annoyance would have been tangible. But now she is able to be pleasant to Mr. Collins. 
without it sounding sarcastic. That's true. She was good with him. Yeah, she's like no longer like, Ricky, get out of my room. She's like, okay, I'm at your company. I could be nice. <laughs> Odelia M says, yay, Tim Hortons. The next comment goes with it, too. Okay. And then there was a response by Sadushi De Silva saying, I'm an American who has recently visited Canada, and I must say, Tim Hortons is one of the best things that's ever happened to me. Screw you, Starbucks. So, Ricky has one line in here that mentions Tim Hortons. Uh Uh-huh. One evening, after enjoying a refreshing beverage at Tim Hortons' fine establishment, we returned to her flat. Which is a a coffee place in Canada. Yeah, it is their Starbucks. Yeah, Yeah, I've been to Tim Hortons in Canada. I can confirm. It's good. Excellent. It's like... And I don't know if this is a bad comparison. People are like, no, they're not. Co- they're completely different. But it's like Dunkin' Donuts. We're like, there's donuts. There's coffee. Yay. Simple. It's simple, sim- simple. Simple stuff. The yeah. Canadians need simple things. <laughs> <laughs> they're simple, happy people. Yes, they just need their coffee. They're probably and their so happy because they don't have to overthink their pastry or their coffee exactly. situation. Exactly. But uh, yeah, Tim Hortons has Tim bits, which are like donut holes. No, they're really good. Tim bits. Good. Good place. <laughs> the Green Reader Eight says, Mr. Collins is adorable. Has a good work ethic cares about people, is intelligent, even if he does have his bubbling moments, and always tries to do right by what he believes in. He can be annoying trying to impress people, but that's only because he wants to make a good impression. I love how this person is like praising Collins, and we were just tearing him down like he's trying to make her work. Male privilege! Ah. I think he is very overly concerned about how he's perceived, especially in these videos, so he is very careful and cautious about how he goes about things, and again, he's clueless at times. He's very clueless, but best of intentions behind that yeah you can't say he's mean no he's just clueless (laughs) uh from episode 66 zero star berry cupcake zero says when lizzie said why would you have gourd in the title my brain heard gourd for obvious reasons and i had to go back a second referring to daniel vincent gourd that's true it sounds exactly that they're homonyms yolanda Gord, gord, gord. Which gord are we talking about? Mm-hmm. Effervescent Spirit says, Oh god, what if Lydia brings Wickham to Thanksgiving dinner? Lizzie didn't look too happy in the brief moment we see in the next episode. Doesn't match the book, but what an interesting turn of events that would make. Dum, dum, dum. Wickham at the Bennett Thanksgiving dinner. Would be awkward. Would I think be. it would be rude of Lydia to bring like an ex boyfriend. She wouldn't. Just or, have more. I, actually, you know what? She may have been like, "Why don't you join?" And Wickham's like, "No," and you know, manipulates his way out of the it. thing where you like kind of invite someone hoping they'll say no. Exactly. But you've done your part. Yeah. Uh, Kendra Baldwin says, this is getting ridiculous. Those two entire videos with Darcy were supposed to hold me over, but now all I can think is, give me Darcy or give me death whenever I watch. We got the glimpse of Darcy and we haven't seen him since. We, there's no going back for us. We need our Darcy film. Yeah. We need our fix. <laughs> and this was a nice comment to end on. Tiffany T says, happy Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for Hank Green and the wonderful actors who made this series possible. Aww, Aww, that's so nice. And of course, to the wonderful writers and crew. Uh, yes, yeah. everyone who was involved, everyone who we're slowly inviting onto our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> thank, thank you for saying yes to us. I know. It's not Thanksgiving, but we can always express gratitude, so. It's always, Thanksgiving is a state of mind. <laughs> <laughs> There's just no turkey, you know. <laughs> That wraps it up for this episode. Check out our social media. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at The Pemberley. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Pemberley. 
And if you'd like to talk to us directly or have any questions, email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. And to support the podcast, donate to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash thepemberley, or leave us a review on iTunes. That helps other people to find this podcast. You can find links to all of these pages on our WordPress page, thepemberleypodcast.wordpress.com, where we also include links to anything we mentioned on the show. Thanks again for listening. Bye! Bye.